0: So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast. This is episode 126 for the 25th of Adar Base in a And so first of all, today, the 25th of Adar is the birthday of Robertson Chayamushka, Of blessed memory, the wife of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, so that is it's a day that is commemorated by Lubavitcher Chassidim. So just to take note of that, and and so today, so let's get into the Tanya. So today we are still in the middle of chapter thirty-eight, and we've been discussing a lot about in this chapter. The main topic of this chapter is really about looking at the concept of intention of Kavana when we do mitzvahs and what is more important is it the mitzvah itself is it the intention of the mitzvah are mitzvahs inherently valuable without intention are they more valuable if there is intention and how do we sort through all of this because there seems to be a lot of seemingly contradictory information out there as to what is most important And to to give a brief recap of what we've learned so far, and please go back and listen to the past few episodes if you haven't already to catch up in more detail. So what we've learned so far is that the main thing of doing a mitzvah is doing the mitzvah itself. So this is so far as obviously the physical kind of mitzvahs that we do with our hands and with our physical bodies. And this is also true even in the more mitzvahs that might not seem super physical on first glance, like for example, the mitzvah of praying, which still involves something very physical, namely the moving of our lips. And that prayer we described is not, we're not exempt from praying unless we actually make it physical in that sense. So so the physical act of doing the is is really intrinsically important. That is the main thing of doing the mitzvah. Nevertheless, we also learned that doing a mitzvah without intention is likened to a a body without a soul. So we learned that the intention of the mitzvah can be thought of the soul, or like the spiritual aspect of the mitzvah, and the actual act of doing the mitzvah can be thought of as the body, like the physical act of the mitzvah, and that there is definitely something that is important in doing the mitzvah mitzvahs with kavana, with intention, and in fact brings them more life in a certain sense and we talked about how this duality of spirituality of the soul versus physicality the body is present in everything in the world even objects that are just mere creations in the world even plants and animal life and even inanimate objects like rocks, all of these have a level at which they are, you could think of it as the soul of those things versus the body of those things. So everything in the world has a spiritual side versus a physical side. And we also learned about how both the spiritual side and the physical side of all things really come from the same place. So while there's sort of like this inherent human bias to see spirituality in this more like superior light... In fact, there's nothing inherently superior or more godly about spirituality versus physicality because they are both creations of God and they are both inherently limited creations of God and limited manifestations of God's light and came about through extreme concealment and contraction. And they both stem from this level, which we Have been referring to as Klipas Noga, which is this husk that conceals God, but yet it is a luminous husk. So it has the the ability to reveal God if we so utilize it in the right way. And so then yesterday we really focused on trying to really bring this all together as to, okay, so if spirituality and physicality are really coming from the same place, they're not that different and everything like that. So again, meaning intention versus the actual performance of the mitzvah. So why is intention important? So it seems like it wouldn't be that important if it's really just the same thing as the physical, as just doing the mitzvah. And so we talked about that there is a very core difference between them because there's a difference in terms of the revelation of their inherent godly energy, their inherent light. So while they both do contain the same type of light, the way in which they reveal the light is going to be very different depending on... The type of creation we're talking about, whether it's physical or whether it's spiritual, or how physical or how spiritual it's manifest. And the analogy that this was likened to is in looking at actual physical creation. So, looking at different types of creations in the world. And we talked about how creation is really divided up into four general categories there's the inanimate category of creation, which are rocks and minerals and things like that. And then there's the vegetative category, which is plants trees, all kinds of things that like that, that grow from the ground. So they don't have the power of movement really, but they do grow. They have the power of growth. And then there's the category of animals. And then there's the category of the human. And so how we talked about how all four of these things are creation. So there is something that they all have in common that they all do come from the same place and there's nothing kind of inherently superior or inferior about any of them. Nevertheless, it's very apparent when we look at these things that the manifesta- that their manifestation of the radiance of their inherent being is very different. So obviously when we think of you know creatures that are alive, what comes to mind usually is more likely going to be an animal versus a rock. Or versus like a, a carrot or something like that. So we're more, more likely going to be thinking of a human being or an animal versus the two lower categories. And I gave an example yesterday of how this is really apparent what we see with vegetarians that I don't think I've ever heard of a vegetarian or of any kind of. Um, Person or any movement out there that's out there saying it's not okay to eat vegetables or anything like that. Interestingly, even in Jainism, which is a very extreme form of this kind of mentality, Jainism is a, is a religion that originated in India and is still practiced today. And a lot of the idea behind this religion is this idea of not harming any creatures and trying to have like a minimal, like, human footprint on the world kind of thing. So even in that culture, what I find to be super interesting, like they do things such as sweeping the floor in front of them so that they don't, uh, they don't kill any bugs, or they'll avoid eating root vegetables, because in the process of pulling out root vegetables, a lot of microorganisms get harmed in the process and things like that. Nevertheless, even with them, you don't see any, to, uh, to my knowledge, anyways, you don't see this movement against eating vegetables or eating minerals it's really just about eating like life forms like animal life forms even if it's like a very micro form of these animal life forms so even they will acknowledge this difference that there is a difference between animal life forms and and vegetative or mineral life forms so why is this like what what is this about and what does tanya have to say about this so What Tanya has to say is that there there is something to this, because even though, like we've been explaining, that all of these creatures come from the same place, they all come from Klippas Noga, nevertheless, the amount of vitality that they reveal is very different, as we see in a very manifest way. And so all of this is to, this whole discussion of the different orders of creation and things like that, is to really understand this kind of like as a parable to understanding another order of existence, which is the mitzvahs. So to kind of explain this in kind of like a linear way to the best of my ability, in the order of creation by which God creates the world, we have at the lowest possible end, we have what are called the three impure clipos. these are the three opaque husks that really totally conceal godliness entirely from the world. These are the things which we talked about before are the impure and forbidden things in the world that have absolutely no, there's no way for us to release the light that's within them. It's totally opaque. It's just concealed within them. The only way we can redeem these things is to avoid them and to not engage with them and not utilize them. Then we have Klipas Noga, which is the vast majority of creation. These are the more neutral objects in the world. These are the things which Come stem from the luminous husks, which do conceal God to a very large degree. But nevertheless, there is a little bit of godliness that is translucent within them. And if we utilize these things properly, we can actually elevate these things and reveal their inherent godliness within them. So these would be all of the objects in the world, regardless of what they are, that are permissible for our use, and. It's up to us. The way in which we use these things, we can use them for godly purposes or for not godly purposes. So for example, if you have a have money, money is something very neutral, right? And you can use that money to invest in some kind of scammy business or something like that uh, and really use that to cheat people, God forbid, or something along those lines. Or you can use the money to give it to charity or to invest in really good causes that are going to help people and help the world. So that's an example of how we can use something that can go either way, that money comes from from Klippos Noga. So, so far we have the three impure Klippos, then we have Klippos Noga, and then we have something else. Then we have something called Mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are commandments from God. And these things are really cool because they do not have the same concealments that the other ones do. They are a direct manifestation of God's will. So when we perform one of God's mitzvahs down here, this is us connecting in a way that is totally directly a direct connection with God. And we don't even need to have the right intention when we do this. So even if somebody were to just like automatically, like accidentally, let's say, let's say somebody accidentally gave tzaka. Like let's say they were walking down the street and money fell out of their hands and fell into the hands of a poor person, that person did a mitzvah and that person connected with with God automatically, whether they knew they did or not. Or another example could be, let's say somebody is really hungry and they're not religious at all. They have no connection to Judaism or anything like that. And they happen to stumble upon a Chabad house and it's Friday night. And they see through the window that people are having this Friday night meal and they go inside and they partake of the meal, and let's say they say min over the kiddush, maybe they wash for the bread because that's what everybody's doing there, and they're really there just to eat. They're not concerned with doing the mitzvahs at all. Nevertheless, because they engage in those mitzvahs, they are in those moments connecting with God in a really direct way. So that's the really... In- amazing power of the mitzvahs so now what we're going to be focusing on today and i know this is a really long intro is that within we're really focusing on this category of of the mitzvahs and this is what we've been focusing on this chap in this chapter about this category of within the mitzvahs are there levels within the mitzvahs just like there are levels within the regular order of creation? Are there similar levels within the mitzvahs? And the answer is that yes, there are. To, so to explain what we mean by this briefly, and then I'll get into the text where the ultra-bar will really break this down, is that just like within the order of creation, we said that there are these four levels of the inanimate, vegetative, animal, and human. And that again, the way that we explains that there are these that these different levels work is that they all come from the same place and they all inherently have within them the same light yet the way they radiate this light is going to be really different some in a more expansive way and some in a less expansive way so too when it comes to doing mitzvahs there are different levels at which we can do mitzvahs and while any level at which we do a mitzvah is going to be exactly the same on it in a certain sense because it's coming from the same place nevertheless we can do the mitzvahs in ways that will radiate the mitzvahs in a more expansive way versus in a more contracted way so what do we mean by this is this is where intention comes in and so now the ultra Rep is going to begin this section by actually telling us what intention is not so Just like we learned before that the idea of the soul and the body and, you know, spirituality and physicality, we learned about what spirituality is not. And we said that spirituality is not godliness. Spirituality is not inherently physical superior to physicality and we talked about how they come from the same place so too when it comes to intention intention which is the spiritual aspects of the mitzvahs is not inherently superior to the mitzvahs themselves there's nothing inherently superior about the intention that we have in these mitzvahs nevertheless if we go back and we think about those four orders of creation the inanimate vegetative animal and human intention and intention and mitzvahs could fit into these categories as well and so where would intention fit in intention would be in those two higher categories intention parallels the level of the animal and the human which means that just like in the level physically speaking the animal and the human express their vitality in a more expressive and expansive way so too does intention express the vitality of the mitzvahs in a more expansive way, even though there's nothing inherently more superior about it. So my understanding of what the ultra is trying to teach us here is really to first of all, humble ourselves and to make ourselves realize what intention is not. So a lot of people seem to have this like misconception that intention is everything. The power, it's all about intention. If you have the right intentions and whatever you do, you can accomplish anything. Even if you did the wrong thing, <laughs> if you if you didn't realize and you had the right intention while you were doing the right thing, that's really the most important thing and our intention accomplished everything. And the ultra-arbit is telling us, no, that's not true. There's nothing inherently valuable about intention itself. Intention is only in valuable intention when we do a mitzvah is only valuable insofar as God wants us to have that intention. So just like God wants us to light Shabbos candles, God wants us to put on tefillin, he also wants us to have intention when we do these things. It's another, it's in the same category of mitzvahs. The only difference, says the ultra Abba, is that the intention does give off a more expansive revelation of God's will. It does reveal God in a more expansive way, not because of anything intrinsic about itself in its own way, but just because of the way in which God set this up. So I know this is a pretty long intro, but I I just, for myself personally, I had to read this section actually a few times to really, really understand it and internalize what, what it was saying. So I, I thought it would be useful to spend a little bit of time, a little bit of extra time really going over these ideas to try to make them as clear as possible. And so now with that being said, let's let's get straight into the text and see how the Altaraba explains this. So the it begins and he says that it's not that the attachment of the thought and the intellect of man to God is in its own right above and superior to the attachment that comes about through doing the physical mitzvahs themselves as will be explained later on where the altar will talk more about this attachment that's achieved through uh through us performing the mitzvahs so again just to recap that so the altar is saying there's nothing intrinsically superior about intention in the mitzvahs versus the mitzvahs themselves but rather what is it that intention, this is also God's will in order to cleave to him with our minds and with our thought and by having intention when we do these physical mitzvahs and when we have intention, when we say Shema and when we pray and we get, say the other blessings and the radiance which shines forth when we have this intention is, is infinitely greater than the revelation of God's will that shines forth through just simply keeping the mitzvahs in action and in speech without intention. So again, this is a very it's it it's it's a it's a distinction that might sound really nuanced, but it's a very clear distinction. Meaning to say that there's n- nothing inherently more superior about intention in the mitzvahs versus the mitzvahs themselves. But what is superior about the intention of the mitzvahs versus the mitzvahs themselves is the radiance which gets illuminated when we have intention in doing the mitzvahs versus the radiance that gets illuminated when we do not have intention in doing the mitzvahs. So just think about this kind of practically speaking, that let's say if you are lighting Shabbos candles and you just do it in a rush and you're not thinking about it very much or whatever, you're still accomplishing God's will and you're still very much attaching to God in a real way. Yet if you bring intention into that, then the radiance that shines forth through that mitzvah is going to be a lot greater. And then the altar says that this can be likened to the superiority of the light of the soul over the body, which what is the body? The body is a vessel and a garment for the soul. Just like the body of the mitzvah itself is the vessel and a garment for the intention. So Again, there's this parallel between body and soul that the body of the mitzvah is the body and the intention is the soul. And even though with both of them, whether we're talking about the mitzvah itself or its intention, God's will is vested in both of them in a a simple way. It's one will with total simplicity, without any difference at all, and without any multiplicity at all, God forbid, and is united with him with utmost unity Nevertheless, the radiance is not the same in, t- in terms of contraction or expansion. So once again, I know I'm reiterating this a lot, but I really want to make the point clear that the that God's will is there, whether we're talking about the mitzvah or the intention that we have when we do the mitzvah, because God wants both of these things. He wants us to do the mitzvah, and he also wants us to have the intention in doing the mitzvah. And when we talk about God's will, God's will is simple and unchanging and Undivided. So he wants this, he wants that. He wants both of them. They're both the same will of God. Just like let's say if you had like a boss of a company who wants somebody to deliver a letter for him, and he also wants somebody to build a website for him. They're both equally important. They both he wants both of these things. Nevertheless, even though both of these things are God's will, one of them is going to reveal God's will in a more expansive way versus the other one's going to reveal God's will in a more contracted way. Now the Alter Rebbe gives a little footnote here and he says uh, concerning, this is concerning the idea of the vessels and the light, that he says that as is written in the Eitz that the kavana of the metzvah, the intention of the metzvah and in learning Torah is on the level of light and the guf of the metzvah, the body of the metzvah is on the level of vessel, which is in a way of contraction. And then he and he says here that through the contraction of the light, this is how the vessels came about, as is known to those who know. So this is an idea which is elaborated upon elsewhere, just about this idea about how the way that the vessels came into being is through the contraction of the light. So we won't get into it now, but the ultrap mentions it here, so I mentioned it as well. So okay, now he goes back into the regular text and he says that now the ultrap is going to Liken this to give that parallel that I mentioned in the intro to the order of creation, to the four types of creation, the four levels. So just like when it comes to regular physical creation, there's four categories, there's four levels. So too, when we're talking about the mitzvahs, there are four levels because there's the body of the mitzvah itself, which has two levels to it, which what are the two levels of the body of the mitzvah? There are the practical mitzvahs. That's like the really active kind of mitzvahs. Those that's like, Again, Shabbos candles, fill in, those are the two examples that keep coming to mind for me. But it really could be any any type of really physical performance of the mitzvah. Other examples could be giving stucca, uh, blowing shofar, um, giving a baby a breast—all all of these things that we really think of as like really practical mitzvahs. So that's at the 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 bottom level. So that could be thought of as like the inanimate level of the mitzvahs. Like if we wanted to parallel it to those four levels, then we have the level of the mitzvahs that have to do with speech and thought. This, These are things like learning Torah or saying Shema or praying or saying grace after meals or all the other blessings. And so these, these kind of things can be thought of as the level as like, they parallel the level of the vegetative level. So while they are still physical because like we mentioned it involves definitely speaking and moving your lips while you do these things nevertheless there is a little bit more of this like more ethereal quality to them because you know you're learning torah you're using your mind it's kind of like this more like inner spiritual quote-unquote kind of sensation Uh, so this is how we can think of as how the body of the mitzvah can be formed into two categories then we have the intention of the mitzvah which is the second category right and in this second category of the intention of the metzvah to which this intention again what is the intention It's that we have this intention to cleave to him so this is like the soul to the body is also divided into two categories just like the categories of the different types of souls that are found in physical bodies. so again this is an allusion to the animal life and versus and the human life and so the altar, but ends the section here and he doesn't elaborate upon it. It's going to be elaborated upon more tomorrow in tomorrow's section. So stay tuned for that. But so the basic idea is just that just like the body of the mitzvah has two levels, the level of action, which corresponds to the inanimate level of creation, and then the type of mitzvahs that involve speech and thought, and that corresponds to the vegetative level of creation. So too, you should know that on the level of the intention of the mitzvahs, there are also two categories. The category which can correspond to the animal and the category which can correspond to the human so i know that was a lot hopefully you followed through with me uh again maybe just quick recap here is basically so just as we learned we've been learning so far that there was nothing inherently superior to the soul or the spirit of a thing to the body of a thing because both are creations of god So too, when it comes to the mitzvahs, there's nothing inherently superior to the intention that a person has in the mitzvah, which can be thought of as the soul of the mitzvah versus the body of the mitzvah, which is the mitzvah itself. But nevertheless, just as with physical things that have spirit and body, while they might be coming from the same place, nevertheless, those things which have more spirit in them Do reveal God in a different way, in a more expanded way. They reveal their inherent source in a more expanded way. And we see this with different types of creations that have this more kind of like bigger type of spirit to them, which are like animals and humans versus the, the lesser kind of the more physical things that have lesser soul in them in a certain sense, even though they also still do have soul, namely rocks and plants. And so too, this is the same thing when it comes to mitzvahs that even though intention and mitzvah itself come from the same place, nevertheless, a mitzvah which is performed with intention versus a mitzvah which is performed without intention is very, very different in terms of the way in which and the, the quality of light that it that it reveals. So a mitzvah, that is done with intention reveals God's light in a much more expansive way than a misva that is done without intention, which doesn't reveal God's light in as expansive a way. So I hope that was clear and that you followed. If you have any questions or comments, please leave them in the YouTube link um, on the page. And I'd love to see comments and feedback and things like that. And until next time, I will speak to you tomorrow when we will continue along these lines. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sri Twitzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak Ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review.